Welcome to the Relationship Road Trip, navigating the twists and turns of all the important relationships in your life. I'm Ben Azevedo, your backseat driver. I'm here to ghostwrite your online dating bio. I'm Dr. Don Fernando Azevedo, clinical psychologist, executive coach, and voiceover artist, your navigator. And I'm Kim Azevedo, licensed marriage and family therapy associate, riding solo as always, your mechanic. Which leaves you in the driver's seat, listener. Get ready to swipe right. Today's quote is by Amy Webb. The goal of online dating is to get offline as soon as possible. Last week, Don took us through some relationship tips specific to being a veteran or being in a relationship with a veteran. This week, Kim is going to take us through some of the nuances of online dating. Kim, I know almost nothing about this subject, which really isn't anything new for me. So what are the best online dating sites these days? What are the kids getting into? Well, one... Not all of them are kids. There are actually dating sites catering to... Um, the elderly? Yeah. Ancients? More mature adults. We'll go with that one. Um, <laughs> also, I'm not sure I, I agree with the term best online dating sites, but I can tell you what some of the popular ones are. According to random internet articles, these are the fairly consistent top 10 best dating sites out there. Zoosk. Elite Singles, eHarmony. Uh, so eHarmony is based on attachment styles, which we've talked about in the past. I think a major downfall about this one is really you have to pay for premium access to get anything out of the app. Match.com, another one based on having to purchase premium access. Silver Singles, so dating over 50. Our Time, which is another mature adult site. It's the one built for the AARP crowd. There you go. Black People Meet, J-Date, which is for Jewish singles, and Be Naughty, which is more of a hookup app than it is an actual dating site. I feel like I could have used context clues for that one. <laughs> yeah, most people can. Although now um, I'm curious about it. All right, go ahead. Yeah, let's all go make some profiles on Be Naughty. Y'all have Now, if fun, you're on Be I... Naughty, does that mean you by default get coal for Christmas? It could be. Perhaps. Maybe that's how Santa... Y'all were like, were like what? Well, no, no, I, no, I, I followed was... you. I'm on the naughty list automatically because I signed up for Be Naughty. I mean, right. Like, I, thought I was, was trying to come up with to it. stay off the naughty list, but, right. you know. Well, listen, I guess that's lean not into everyone's what you're into, desires. I guess. Yeah. So there are some more common dating apps that you hear about, and I'll talk more about these, as well as my experiences on them, uh, because they're interesting. All dating apps are really interesting in their design of it's pretty much a fast food menu of people in the world. Yes, no, that's simple. The common dating apps, you've got Tinder, which is kind of maybe, I mean, it's not the first one. It was the first one to be an app, I believe, with the concept I was gonna say, of... Yeah, is there's a difference here between like a site and an app? I mean, I'm familiar with eHarmony and Match.com. Yeah. I've heard of those. I haven't heard of any of the others on your top 10 list, but I am familiar. I've heard of Tinder as well, right. but I only know is that as an app, not a website. So is there kind of a, um, are some of these exclusively websites versus being apps? Well, or pretty is there much a lot of carryover? 
all of the sites have carried over into also being an app. Not all of the apps have transferred over to being sites. Uh, so like Tinder, you can access as a website now, but it started out as an app. The biggest thing I've noticed between sites and apps is sites tend to be much more detail-oriented. Uh, so you've got more questions, you've got intro questions, you've got your bio, you've got your horoscope, you have everything you can use to completely stalk an individual. Um, <laughs> nah. There's a lot more information provided on sites than there are on apps, typically, though that is changing. Tinder, for example, is set up its pictures a bio, and you can link like your Instagram or your Spotify to it. But that's really all of the information it gives. And then you swipe left or right and match with someone and it's expected that you talk with them. I think it started with good intentions, Tinder did, of trying to be a good relationship app and a good relationship connection. Overall, it's kind of a hookup site now, or sorry, a hookup app now more than anything else. But I mean, every once in a while, you'll you'll find some good good matches on it. Another really popular app is Bumble, which is the quote unquote feminist dating app. The way it is set up is that the woman reaches out to connect with the guy first, which is really heteronormative. In my experiences, like if I've matched with another woman, I still have to initiate it because I'm the one that matched. So it's really. It's an interesting dynamic, at least when you're matching with women. And since I'm not a man, I've never actually looked at the male side of Bumble now that I've thought about it. I ain't got no help for you there, Kim. I've not looked at any of these. That's okay. I would really hope that neither of you have looked at these. Being What if I want a, a, a Bumble business connection? So that's what I was about to get into is one of the cool things about Bumble is they've opened up like alternate match sections. They have Bumble BFF, which is exclusively friendship, though in all honesty, that is not true with people that you match on there. And then Bumble Biz, which is seeking business connections. Uh, Another newer dating app is Hinge. Their marketing tagline is, this is the app to be deleted. I've been on Hinge and uh, I actually kind of enjoy it. I've met, well, I haven't actually met people because, you know, COVID, but I've been talking to some people through there and I've met some really nice people. The cool thing about Hinge is that it's not a swipe left or right. You have to actually click on part of the profile and respond to it in order to match with the person. So it kind of forces you past just like the, oh, I liked you. I'm going to not message you ever or just write, hey, uh, which is annoying. When you find your one true love, when you find your one true love on Hinge and you delete the app, do you become unhinged? It's possible. (laughs) That that was good. That was your quip for the day. Seriously. It was just for you, Papa. I knew you would like that one. I loved it. It was perfect. I'm feeling sharp today. Clearly. (laughs) Are we up to Facebook dating? We are up to Facebook dating. So, so many people have Facebook and Facebook decided to uh, open up Facebook dating. It's interesting. I am on this one as well. It's not particularly well organized. uh, And I mean, for me personally, I've noticed that the people who appear on my Facebook dating are not really my type, which is fine. But the way it's organized is not 
as clear as other dating sites uh, in that it's a little bit harder to navigate to and from. And then it's not, I don't understand its matching criteria of why these people end up on my list. Pure, which is a hookup app. I'm not on that one, so I know nothing about it. OkCupid, which I have very lovingly nicknamed OkStupid because I have never had so many useless conversations in my life. The concept is if you don't have premium, you can't see people who like you, so you have to message, but people hate messaging each other. So you just accumulate a lot of likes and then occasionally someone pops up and is like, hey, and that's the extent of the conversation. (laughs) It's really, really silly. I have gone on a couple of dates a few years back uh, from OkCupid. Again, not great quality, but I think that's more of the people I'm swiping on, apparently. One of the new apps is called XO, uh, and it's instead of having that awkward, hey, conversation, you're playing a game as a way of breaking the ice. I downloaded that this past weekend uh, after writing this episode. It's strange. Uh, It is not easy to function through. I still don't quite understand the dynamics on it, but who knows. Grindr, which is a predominantly gay hookup app. Again, not one I know much about because I don't fit the criteria for that particular dating app. Ship, which is another one that I downloaded recently, allows your friends to vet the matches for you so they can say like, hey, you should try, you should meet this person. So is this like Amazon dropship or ships in the night, which you wouldn't recognize because that's a 1940s references. I think it's more like relationship and you ship somebody, uh, Uh. which is a millennial term for like, you think they'd be a cute couple. So does it have like a little apostrophe before it? Not on the app, but possibly. So it's Um, not like just wrapping people up in shipping tape and... That sounds kinky. I admit I was also confused by the name of it. Okay. Well, so uh, the term ship is used to like state that you approve of a connection between people. A lot of people use it when they're talking about characters on TV shows. So like I really ship these two characters. Uh, So if you get this app, then can I join it and be your friend and recommend people for you? Yes, you can. Without, I don't want a relationship. Yes. But I can ship people to you. Yes. Or for you. Yes. So while we're talking about these dating apps, um, you've, you've looked at these from the youth perspective, from the, the older folks when you're 45, 55, 65 and going on there. It's really easy to get to say, I can download this app and I can start doing these things. But it's really important that you bone up on technology, that you actually understand how the technology works. You bone up on? Bone up. What a choice. What a choice in the episode about (laughs) dating apps. Well, it's about getting, it's, it's also what we used to talk about in order to get ready for a test. But hey, really understand the technology and it's true. Continue. Sorry. Really understand the technology because, number one, if you find somebody that you like, you don't want to screw this up just because you don't understand how to use the interface to interact with them. Um, You also have to educate yourself on what Kim was talking about, swiping right or swiping left, how to use the quizzes, how to set up your profile, that kind of thing. There are a lot out there that are very confusing, particularly for seniors who are not as computer savvy. This can be a, a challenge. 
Also, be strategic. Don't overwhelm yourself. Don't sign up for 15 apps. <laughs> it doesn't actually make it any better. And understand the kind of language that's used on there, such as poly, which is a term for a non-monogamous consensual couple. Or FWB. What's that one, Kim? Friends with benefits. Yeah, there you go. All of these terms may be things that you're not familiar with. And for the record, benefits is not dental insurance. <laughs> and you have to look at how to avoid romance scams. That's probably true for the younger crowd, but it's very true for the older crowd. They're not as common in the younger crowd just because we're all super skeptical of each other anyway. And I mean, you even have to be aware of catfishing, which we'll get into on the challenges of dating. Yes. Well, just in terms of the, the older folks, they just need to be aware of these things. There are lots of places, by the way, that you can go and get information. You did not cover, by the way, one of the um, one of the apps that's out there. Actually, it's a website, I guess, VeggieDate.com for vegetarians. I have never heard of that one before. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's Farmers Only and Christians Mingle. So there's a lot of very niche dating sites out there. Um, I have a couple of questions for you, Kim. Okay. About, so we talked briefly about like eHarmony and Match mm -hmm. and how you really have to have the premium access to do anything useful on those. And a lot of the apps that later on in your list are free, right? Mm -hmm. And they may have a premium part, but most of them are pretty much free apps. Yeah. To me, like if I'm looking for a casual thing, Using a free app makes total sense to me. But if I'm really trying to find a serious relationship that I want to potentially be my lifelong partner, it seems to me it makes more sense to go for something with a premium, you know, that costs money, pay to play, like, because then at least, at least everybody that I'm interacting with in there has paid something to be there. Like they have skin in the game, basically. So no. Well, yes and no. Paying for premium access does not mean you'll only match with people who have paid for premium. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. And while I've never paid for premium on any of these because I'm too broke to do that and, you know, that seems excessive, you can see who has paid for premium. So, like, it does make a little note of, like, mm. premium verified or whatever. And, I mean those people aren't really any more interesting than the other people who haven't paid for it. Uh, gotcha. It just makes it more challenging to connect with people on those dating sites. And again, like, it's not horrible. I try to maintain a very positive outlook. It's challenging sometimes, but... I, I want to... Uh, you don't have to answer this as a personal question. Uh-oh. But how, how many people have you found on these apps that you thought had the potential to be a, like a real serious relationship for you? That's actually a really good question. And you also definitely don't have to answer it because that's a very personal question. But Well, I'm also trying to think because like fundamentally, a lot of what I've been looking for is just connection, people I can spend time with and get to know because that's how relationships happen. I have a hard time believing in like, oh, I swiped right on this person. Here's my soulmate. Your dating profile only says so much about you. Well, and we hear all the like funny, bad stories, yeah. right? So I've heard plenty of tales from you about, oh, I met up, you know, pre-COVID, obviously, but like I met up with so-and-so for coffee and it was like hysterically bad. Oh, you know? yeah. Um, I've heard tons of that and I don't hear as much. Yeah, I met this person that 
I think really has potential. I know you've made some good friends through them. I don't know. So I was just curious, you know. I think the reason why you don't hear about the people who have potential is because they had potential and something's gone wrong, <laughs> which is why we're not still get, in connection. Get wrecked. Wow. Um, they had potential. Well, so I mean, there are a lot of dynamics within my dating life that when I talk about them with potential partners, it's either a yes or a no. And if it's a no, then they're they're gone. And it's interesting being a, a female and matching with men. There's a lot of insecure people out there. Yes. And like I match with women as well. And it's easier to converse with them. They're a little bit less intimidated by a female who like actually knows what they want. But for some reason, the men that I match with seem to be a little intimidated by that dynamic. So it's really challenging. It's hard to find people in this modern world. Why Why do you think that it's so challenging to find people? There's so many apps. I mean, you'd think with all of these apps, all these options, all these ways to meet people, and especially since so many of them are, um, they're like niche things, like focused on a specific, you know, if you know you're into this thing, you can like go find a whole app just for people who are interested in that. Why do you think it's so hard to really find true connection? So yeah, there are a ton of apps. There's a lot of niche apps. I think one of the biggest challenges is just the sheer quantity of matches that you can have. And you definitely get a lot of people, which doesn't mean that you're going to have quality people for what you're looking for. Another important thing within this is it's really easy to be like, oh, you're you're ugly. Oh, you have crooked teeth. Oh, no. Ooh, look, you have washboard abs. Sure. What if I just painted on the washboard abs, though? I mean, then that's called catfishing. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's really easy to be judgmental on profile pictures and not actually read about their personality, which is why some of the apps like Hinge really push you to look at the profile information. That being said, people write really lame bios. Uh, my personal favorite is, I hate writing bios, just message me. And then you message them and you get, hey. So you hate writing. Pretty much. And also speaking and hate. communicating. Yeah. Um, I've never understood this. I know it's a thing that people write bad bios, right? Mm -hmm. And there's like a whole industry of people who ghostwrite. I mean, I joked about it at the top of the episode, but who ghostwrite bios for people, right? Right. Mm -hmm. These are both things. And like... You said either the bio is really lame or it demands, we talked about you and I not on the podcast about this the other day, but like it demands really bizarre specific things of people and there's not a lot of middle ground. How is that possible? How is there not, there's, it's like a law of averages. There have to be people in the middle who are fine writers who just write something, even if it's boring, that's like, hi, I'm so-and-so and I like fishing and mountain biking so, and like end of story. <laughs> those those definitely do exist uh, and they get lost in the narrative of online dating because they're just not that interesting to talk about. That's fair. And, okay. you know, I do, I swipe on people who have very like genuine, neutral, not chaotic bios. And even then, like the conversation fizzles out. They just don't want to talk or we don't match. And it's it's hard with the people who who fit that middle ground criteria where you're like, huh, you seem like a moderately sane individual. Let me see if we can <laughs> hold a conversation. And I don't know if that's just the dynamic of being on a dating app 
where people don't want to log into it every day and have to look at it. But I mean, that's another challenge. And that's what Amy Webb's quote is about. Being on that dating app is actually rather limiting because it makes it harder to connect with somebody. COVID in its own way has kind of been a blessing because it pushes you to get to like video chat because that's the way you can date right now. I want to jump in on what you just said about being in the dating app is kind of limiting because I think we should all also remember, like any other app, the person or the company who made the app makes money by you being in the app. Right. So fundamentally, it's not actually designed for you to find a partner. It's designed to keep you engaged with the app. Correct. And not talking to one person. Unless it's Hinge, in which case Maybe. it's designed to be deleted. Well, <laughs> that's what they're advertising. Right. But they're not going to be in business very long if that's the case. Right. They survive sure. on downloads and people using the app. I don't know how many of these have like ads in them or whatever, but it doesn't matter. Any app is designed fundamentally to keep your attention. Right. And you got to remember that. Well, it's really insidious. It's hard to pay attention to. It's hard to realize. Another interesting thing is when you continue to communicate within the app, they continue or you continue to look at other partners who show up. So there are other potential partners that pop up when you first open the app because it doesn't go straight to your messages. It goes to the front page where you're like, ooh, look at this new person. So you might start swiping again and messaging becomes less and less or whatever else happens. So it's really easy to be lost in people's DMs, direct messages. Thanks. Thanks for keeping the old person on on message here. I, I saw your actually, face. The, the what you just talked about, that the app brings you on to a homepage showing you new people is part of what Ben was just talking about. It keeps you hooked into the app and not actually functioning well with the person you've already DM'd. Right. So what would be, how would you handle that to make that easier or better? What do you mean? How would I change the app? Um, I don't know that you can change the app because, again, as Ben points out, they get paid by you hanging out there longer. If you're interested in somebody, do you shift like to to an email um, oh, only I, if you're on I, that was too uh, old only if apparently. you're on the silver one the silver linings one <laughs> you can switch to here's uh, my PO box right yeah so uh, you could switch to an email and again so this this actually goes to the level of trust you have with this person because you can exchange phone numbers and talk via text outside of the app but giving someone your phone number gives them a fair amount of information about you. Not that they don't have a ton of information from your dating profile anyway. What if it's a burner phone? I was going to say, so you just need some burner phones. No big. <laughs> cool. So is that going to be my Christmas present? I, I would buy I already you a bought your phone. Christmas present. Sorry. Anyway, uh, so yeah, you can transfer off into texting on your regular phone service. And then they also make uh, regular text apps. So you've got WhatsApp, you've got Kick, you've got Snapchat, you've got, what is it called? Uh, Discord, you've got Telegram. Too yeah. many to name. Yes. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know, if I were doing it, I would find somebody that I felt had some potential and I would get them some sort of direct communication line whether that's phone number, I'm not sure. I think I would probably go with something like WhatsApp or something a little bit, not quite as personal as the phone number, and and just move the conversation immediately to something there and try to figure out from there what we wanted to do. 
right. and get out of the app yep. as quickly as possible. And, you know, that's some of my my ploy. So I tend to move out of the app pretty quickly. Usually I'm just pretty straightforward with my phone number because I hate being on, on apps in my phone and I can text from my computer, which is nice to have a full keyboard. And my phone number is out there for public consumption anyway, because it's on my, like, it's hooked up with work because it's my work phone. <laughs> so I, I'm not particularly choosy with passing on my phone number, I guess. Yeah. And that's fine for you. Right. It might not be good for somebody else. Right. Um, but, but I'm you- also a lot more cautious in the whole dating thing in general. So like I will talk to someone extensively on the app before sharing my phone number because I'll I'll vet them and all that stuff. Sometimes I transfer them to Snapchat and force them to send me an actual real-time photo so I can prove that they are them um, <laughs> because catfishing is a real thing, um, yep. you know, and it's it's weird. Someone stole the personality of an individual who lives in Poland and catfished me with that. And I found out and I messaged the dude via Facebook and I was like, I just wanted to let you know that someone's using your likeness on a dating website in the States and they appreciated it very much. (laughs) If somebody told me that, I wouldn't even know how to stop it. (laughs) You can't really. I'm not sure I would either. I'd be like, well, okay. Right. Well, I'm going to take some more pics, I guess. What's What's really miserable is like catfishing is, it's like a thing now. They have TV shows about it. Which I just think is really, really lame. So that's another challenge. It's hard to get your information across on your bios because some bios are like character limited. And so if you're trying to actually have a real bio about who you are, like, you know, it's hard to do it in 500 characters or less. So that's some of the, the big challenges I've at least run into. COVID, of course, has made it really challenging. And again, with safety, like, I'm not going to willingly go on a hike with you in the middle of the woods since I've never met you before. Like, that just weirds me out. Like, meeting in a park, okay, maybe, but like, I'm not going to go hike Umstead Park with you. And I'm definitely not going to go over to your house on a first date, which is another popular thing, which I just think is a big safety concern. Not everyone agrees with me. A lot of people have no problem going over to someone's house without having any knowledge of them before. That just stresses me out. I taught you well. Uh, yep. You <laughs> yeah, did. I don't, I, that's, that's ringing some alarm bells for me. I don't think that's a great idea. I taught you both well. <laughs> yeah. it's. I don't think it is safe. People do it uh, and that's their prerogative. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I've got. So let's say, let's say you, you nab a good one on the old Tinder. You swiped right yep. and uh, you matched and you like this person. What other kinds of, you know, what relationship problems come up kind of as a result of the way you've met? Like, have you all seen that play out in your clinical experience? Well, so actually, you bring up a great point. So once you've swiped right and you've picked someone, you also there are some approaches that you can take that makes life a little bit easier. The first is don't take it all personally. It's really hard. I know you're dating and it seems to be a personal thing, 
But, you know, there's a thing out there called the pineapple theory. Some people like pineapple and they love it when it shows up on their plate. Some people yeah. don't like pineapple. And when it shows up on their plate, they take it off their plate. Well, those people are wrong. And in the South, do we know what a pineapple means? <laughs> um, Wait, I, is a pineapple a metaphor? No, this? no, it's, it's just a, a sign thing. For... You, could, you could put anything in this place. Because when the person takes it off the place, it says more about the person than it does about the pineapple. And we get personalized. We think, oh, you took me off your plate. I must be bad, wrong, insufficient, whatever the thing is. Don't take it personally. This is really hard. Dating online is really hard. And the volume of people that you can go through is vastly different than just you know, meeting people in high school or in college. It's really important not to take it personally and to stay grounded in your own self, in your own sense of, I'm a, I'm a great person. You know, I, I, am, I do these things. I like those things. I am this thing. I'm a good person. Wait, so I'm the pineapple. Yes. I got it. Okay. What he's talking about is rejection and yeah. how right. common rejection is on dating apps. And okay. And right. not to take it personally. Yes. Because it's easy for that to happen. Oh, yeah. Also, also, don't give up just because you meet a couple of bums that don't work out. Or I wish it was just a couple. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when you meet your hundredth bum, <laughs> however it is, don't give up. The, the next part is leave your own baggage at the door and hope that they've left their baggage at the door. All of us come with histories. All of us come with a lot of stuff. Try not to bring that into the first couple of meetings with someone. Let it be light. Connect with the person on some things that might actually draw you closer to one another. You need to have some positive coins in the bank. Yeah, experiences before you start dealing with all of the other things that go along with it. Now, for the record, there is some baggage to be upfront about, such as if you're married. <laughs> that or, would be good. <laughs> Do we um, call that baggage now? <laughs> um, interesting, interesting take for our relationship show. Or, you know, like if you have kids or if you're planning on moving in the next week or you're just there on business. Like there are some things to be upfront about that might really shape the conversation. But in general, the heavier things, yes, keep to the side. Right. I, I agree with you, Kim, and thank you for pointing that out. The other part is give a potential new partner at least three dates before you figure out whether or not it's really going to work. Now, Kim, Kim's shaking her head saying there are some people I'm not even giving 15 more minutes to. <laughs> and that's true. You know, if they, if they, what did you call it when they, um, they use somebody else's picture or they're Cat not fishing. actually... Right, catfishing or if yep. they don't describe themselves accurately, yep, that kind of thing. So, yeah, that makes sense. But or if they the use person... photos from 2017. Mm, that was great. <laughs> when they were born in 1917. <laughs> if you find someone who is reasonably okay, let time and several different experiences with them influence how you choose. Don't rush. Don't rush. And that's another thing about sex. Don't rush to sex. Well, so over 50s, this is actually a big thing. Folks who date over 50 have a propensity to want to have sex on the very first time they've met one another. And if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But slow down. I know it can feel like you're in a rush when you're older and you want to find that person, another person in your life. Slow down. You'll find that it actually works better when you do. 
if you're going to have sex, please be safe. You really don't know what you might be getting into. And get regular STD checking. Yes, that too. Don't play games. You can't control whether or not the other person's going to play games, but don't you play games. Uh, try and be straightforward and honest about what you're looking for and about how you're responding to the other person. And the other part, particularly if you're an older person dating, pay attention to, to the person's entire life, not just them. So if they've got children, if they have an ex-spouse or four ex-spouses, pay attention to their whole life. That might tell you something if they have four ex-spouses. Well, then I guess that is marriage as baggage, huh? Could be. But it's important to look at a person's whole life, including perhaps their, their family, their parents, their brother. Just their brothers. No, no sisters. Don't look at those. I feel like part of this, um, you know, you were talking about sex specifically, but like s slowing down, taking your time a little bit, giving them three dates. Of course, Kim made a face and there's plenty of situations where, you know, after the first date, this is no good. But going along with that kind of giving them space to make a mistake as well, or even a few mistakes. It's so easy with, like we've talked about, these thousands and thousands of options you can go through in a dating app for you go on a second date, the person says something that really you're like, oh my gosh, no. And you just never speak to them again because there's a thousand other people you can go speak to on this dating app. That's called ghosting. Well, okay. I, I mean... Sure. I, I just mean that like we've talked so much on this show about how a good relationship requires communication and trust and all of these things that take a long time to develop. And they also mean you have to be willing to accept someone's mistake and that they're not perfect and have difficult conversations. And that's going to be even harder with people that you've only had two dates with yep. or met via a dating app and don't have as much shared experience as someone maybe that you met in high school or college or whatever else. But you still have to leave some room for that. You can't just reject someone on the first issue that comes up. Unless, of course, it's a deal breaker issue. I totally understand that. But I'm talking about stuff where it's not a little issue, but it's not a deal breaker issue. You know, it's a serious thing that's come up early on in this relationship. And you're going to have to Give those things space and talk through them. Or in my opinion, you're not going to find somebody or even yes. There's just nobody that's perfect or even just miscommunications in patterns of communication. I mean, some people really like it when you text every day and other people are like, oh, my gosh, give me space. And if you're expecting someone to text you every day, be clear about that of like, I want to say hello and I want to text you every day. And if you need space, be clear about that. Right. And be like, oh, my God, I don't touch my phone on Saturdays. Like, you mean this is, this is all about communication, confiding, and validation? It's surprising, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's really hard. I'm not saying it's easy, but I think it is, in my inexpert opinion, absolutely necessary. And if you don't try to do these things, I, I don't see how you would have success with online dating because a relationship is work you know it, it takes work to stay in a relationship whether you've been married for decades or just met a person you have to pay attention you have to be present you have to be mindful about what's going on you need to confide what's true for you you need to validate and listen to what's true for them that takes energy and work and if you're rolling your eyes right now you can go back to swiping in the app but 
that's all you're going to be doing. <laughs> your, your road trip is going to be solo. <laughs> Which having a solo road trip is not a bad thing. Totally fine. You can but be totally you... content being on a solo road trip. But if you want to find your co-pilot, you do have to take time. You do have to put the effort in. And you have to find someone who's willing to put as much effort into you as you are into them. Don't let your dating become one-sided. Don't find that emotional vampire who's going to take you for granted. And I think that's probably the absolute hardest part, right? right? Being willing to put in this effort and then putting in the effort, but running into people who don't meet you in the middle and finding that fine line between being able to figure out whether this person is going to meet you in the middle or not. Well, and defining what dating means to you and your partner. You know, if you thought the definitions of single that we went over last time we talked about this were complex, yo, (laughs) the definitions of dating, not dating, we're just talking, we're exclusive, all of that nonsense. We're going steady. Do we still do that? Um, Possibly. I don't know. Maybe if you're on, feeling retro. Maybe on if elite you're feeling singles. vintage. Will you wear my letter jacket? You know, I no. really do like letter jackets. So if someone offered me one, I would most definitely take it. Only from Batman. Oh, true. <laughs> I mean, if Batman offered me a letter jacket, I would take it. Uh, that's a fair point. In any case, I, I will say a couple of things. Is Is online dating worth it? Yes. Yeah. The answer. (laughs) He was about to say no. I feel no, no, no. (laughs) It's going to be like yes, no. (laughs) It's it's it is worth it, and it is not the only way. There are still traditional ways to meet people. Um. So mixing it up. Well, you really can't right now. Or you well, right this minute with COVID, you can't. But there are other ways. Please tell me what traditional ways are you finding dates? Because I have not yet been successful at those either. I even went sure. on a blind dating show at the brewery in Durham. Wow. Okay. How come I didn't hear about this? Because it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so there are places that people gather and do things that they have common interests in, like running groups, biking groups, hiking groups, all the best, the uh, meetup groups that uh, for, for photography and you can find friends there as well as finding potential more meaningful relationships. And it's the friendships that are actually healthier for you if you haven't yet found someone to, to have a, a, a bonding lifelong relationship. But what the research shows over and over again is having meaningful relationships in your life improves your health, improves your mental health, gives you greater longevity in the world. So relationships are important and using Lots of means to try and get them is a reasonable strategy. Yes. By which I think he means that dating apps are worth it. Yeah. Dating apps are worth it. Mix it up with other stuff. You know, people do meet at churches. I know you guys are not as into that as other folks. And there are also um, other places that you can meet people based on interest. Yes. Yeah. I'm trying to think of those things. I mean, meetup groups, I'm part of a Facebook group that did events. I mean, they're still doing them, but I don't go because of COVID. Um, And I've met some quality people through there. Um, I've actually met a couple of really close friends. Uh, There was someone I went on a couple of dates with. It didn't pan out, but that's okay. And, you know, more often than not, it's mostly just a group to 
have conversation with. I will say like the single meetup groups that you get on meetup.com don't actually meet up. (laughs) You know, I was part of those prior to COVID and it's like, we're having this event. Oh, this event is canceled. You know, so that that's its own challenge. You can volunteer for organizations too, or join things like the Rotary or any of the rest of the Chamber of Commerce, lots of different things where you can meet people. Right. Well, you're you're going to be a business owner here shortly. You could join the Chamber of Commerce and interact with with folks. Listen, that are there. I did not need that stress right at this moment, but thanks. Sure, yeah, cool. That was great. I feel like excuse I would me while look I have a panic for, attack. I feel like I would look for because I've I've done meetup groups for interests and hobbies yeah. and stuff, right? And they can be really hit or miss in terms of both whether they happen at all and like who shows up and whatnot and how well it's organized, that kind of thing. Um, I feel like if I were trying to use actual social gathering as a way to find potential friends and partners, I would look for something like a volunteer opportunity that I could do regularly. Right. That I was going to go to like weekly, let's say, regardless of who was there. Like I'm interested in this thing. I'm going to go weekly. Mm -hmm. Right. And then see who is there and see if I can build some relationships that way. Because it's the repeated expected event that creates the consistency that would allow for a shared experience. But if I go to this volunteer thing and there's nobody who is a viable partner for me, you know, that doesn't work out so well, does it? (laughs) The other thing to take into account with these meetup groups is the level of extroversion you need to have in order to go to one of these events, in order to talk to a complete stranger for the first time, just face to face out of the blue. Like that can be really, really intimidating for people with social anxiety or people who are just naturally introverted. I mean, even having conversations with people online, when I meet them face to face for the first time, I get really anxious. And, you know, I'm part of this larger Facebook group, ATB, all the best. And I've met amazing people through there. And whenever I go to an event, I pretty consistently start out feeling really, really anxious and recognizing that that also plays a huge part in this desire to go to a meetup where I don't know anyone. I haven't been texting them prior to the event. Uh, I really have no context as to what's going to happen when I walk into this situation. And being aware that it's not that easy for a lot of people as I talk to two very extroverted people. That's very true. I absolutely love meeting new people. It's like a blank slate. Right. And then <laughs> there's be, me who's I like be anyone. panicking. I'm sweating. I'm like, man, can you see my sweat stains? Hold on. I need to I need to breathe. They could be anyone. I could be anyone. Anything could happen. Right. And that's very distressing for some people. No, it's exhilarating. I love it. But no, I, I hear you, Kim. You're absolutely right. That's very true. It's very easy for extroverts to be like, oh, just go to a meetup group or go to some run club. It'll be great. And I'm like, cool. So I get there and my heart rate's already at 150. But if you were volunteering, say, at, at a, a rescue place, since right. you love animals so much, um, and, and you I went every week, like Ben was pointing out, you would be going there not necessarily to meet a, a, a relationship, friendship, anything else, but to do the thing for the rescue group. And let it evolve naturally. That's kind of the natural states. Like, you know, if, if you go to church and you meet people at church, sometimes that works. Um, or synagogue or um, temple, wherever you happen to Your religious do your practice. Thing. 
And it right. takes the pressure off of that conversation. Right. Because yeah. you're already in a place that theoretically you're comfortable with. So your heart rate is not racing. And somebody new walks in and you're and like, and then your heart starts oh, racing. Sure. But then you're like, oh, hey, welcome to my place. Yeah. Like, here's what we're doing. And then that's it. That could be the first interaction. And that's it. It doesn't have to be more than that. And you're there next week. And maybe they're there. Maybe they're not. Right. But it it slowly, slowly builds. Yeah. And I mean, again, I I completely agree with y'all. I never really did find a volunteering position that felt comfortable to me. Well, I did, but then I left because I graduated. So that sucked. Um, but, you know, volunteering is a really great way to do it because uh, it does give you that consistency and it gives you this third entity where if there's no one there that you enjoy, like, you know, at least you're still doing something that you have fun with. One other thing. Yeah. So if you're looking for volunteering operations near you, uh, there is a great website called volunteermatch.org where you can put in parameters about what you'd like to volunteer with and where you would like that to be. And you can find some opportunities to explore. And again, these more organic ways are also viable ways of meeting people. And online apps and that kind of thing is also a viable way of doing this. And it doesn't hurt to do a little bit of both. And be okay with it just being friends. You don't have to find someone right away. Yes. This all being said, I do want to make a final commentary on online dating in that it can be very dangerous, so please be careful. Make sure where you're meeting an online partner is in public. Let someone who cares about you know where you're going and with whom. Always drive your own car. Never go to someone's home on the first date. Like That's just not a safe option. And make sure you have an easy way to get out of a date if it is a bad situation. I have a smartwatch, and I always tell my friends when I'm going on a date, and if they get a text of just an X, it means I need a, a bailout phone call. Because sometimes just telling someone no is also not a safe option, which is unfortunate, but welcome to dating culture currently. And being careful with how you are able to walk away from a space. You know, if you are really bold, carry a knife, <laughs> um, you know, or you know, uh, roll a quarters, but hopefully it doesn't come to that. I'm just the daughter of an ex-army captain, so that's me. You always have your car keys. Those are lethal. You have your car keys. It's very funny. I always have a knife, and Mama makes fun of me for it. And we were getting ready to go to FIA, and someone needed to cut something. And Mama goes, oh, my daughter always carries a knife. <laughs> and I'm like, see, it is a useful thing. Anyway, please be safe. If you are hooking up and part of hookup culture, that's cool, too. Just make sure to get STD testing on a regular basis. Cool, thanks, bye. Okay, so this week we got in-depth with dating apps and heard some insights from Don and Kim about the do's and don'ts of the online dating world. At the end of the day, take your time, be honest about what you want, and remember that there are still traditional ways to meet people. Oh, and please, please, please be safe when you're meeting people for the first time. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or thoughts about this episode, feel free to email us at questions at afpsych.com. And don't forget to support the show by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. We'll be back next week. And until then, enjoy the drive. Thank you for listening to the Relationship Road Trip. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we want to know what you think. So write to us at questions at afpsych.com. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or subscribing with your favorite podcast app. You can find more episodes of the show at relationshiproadtrip.com 
or wherever you download podcasts. The Relationship Road Trip comes out every Wednesday at 7 a.m., so don't forget to tune in next week. The Relationship Road Trip is brought to you by Azevedo Family Psychology, where they are dedicated to helping you create a life worth celebrating. You can learn more about their services at azevedofamilypsychology.com. This podcast is produced by Bear Cave Audio. Bear Cave Audio provides a range of audio services from original composition to podcast recording and editing. To learn more, go to bearcaveaudio.com or email ben at bearcaveaudio.com. Until we meet again, may the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back and may the sun shine warm upon your face. Thank you.